Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. Well, a very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, a great joy to be here with you uh, on these Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Today, uh, March 18th, 2021, Thursday, Catechism Day. So we're going to go to the Catechism of the Catholic Church and continue teaching from the Catechism on the Sacrament of Reconciliation. And uh, We'll do that. I also thought it'd be uh, good for us then as a prelude to that, maybe after our prayer time, I'm going to go to the free domestic church media mobile app and pull up our examination of conscience, which is on there. Anybody can use it and just kind of briefly go over that. You know, we need to be making that good examination uh, before uh, confession, but also every night before you go to bed, make a good examination of conscience. That's why I love the, uh, the night prayer because night prayer that's part of it. We uh, make that examination of conscience uh, as part of our night prayer. Uh, so that will do. And uh, first, we're going to pray. I'm going to find my little prayer card here. Where'd it go? There it is. The prayer of consecration to the Holy Family, which is starting tomorrow. Uh, we will be dedicating the next, well, let's see, it's going to be more than a year because it's going to go through June of 2022. Our Holy Father has said we're going to have a, a year of uh, joy of family love uh, starting tomorrow on the Feast of St. Joseph, in this year of St. Joseph. So a big, big solemnity tomorrow, of course, and it is Friday, but because it is a solemnity, dispensation, you can have meat tomorrow. So you can have the meatballs or the, uh, the, uh, pro, the uh, salami or the uh, prosciutto, whatever you like. It's... Uh, because it is a solemnity, a great, great feast day. So we celebrate that. And you can even break your Lenten fast. I'm not going to, though. I, I'm not going to. I'm going to stick to my fast. I want to just go straight through without breaking it. Uh, so, But anyway, that's tomorrow. We'll talk about today first. I'm a little, I'm a little, a little ruffled today because yeah, I got one of those calls where uh, I was told my debit card was compromised and it was the fraud department and they were asking for information. Of course, I right away get very suspicious when they ask me for, they call me and they ask me for information. And uh, I was on the phone with these people for like 45 minutes trying to determine, is this real or not? Um, certainly by the end of the call, I realized it wasn't real. But uh, <laughs> And I, I know why it happened that way, because our good friend from uh, St. Michael's, the pastor St. Michael's over in uh, Long Branch, Father John Butler, uh, came by, as he does uh, each month, to say Mass for me here in the uh, chapel. And this was just before Mass and just kind of got me ruffled, you know, ruffled up there a little bit. But anyway, so thanks to Father John. If you're listening in the car on the way back to uh, Long Branch, thanks for stopping by and celebrating Holy Mass. And I have a special announcement, too, from Father John uh, uh, about uh, an event happening this weekend over at St. Michael's. But let's first pray. And we begin, my friends, as we begin all good things. 
And that is, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, you lived in the home of Mary and Joseph in Nazareth. There you grew in age, wisdom, and grace as you prepared to fulfill your mission as our Redeemer. We entrust our family to you. O Blessed Mary, you are the mother of our Savior. At Nazareth you cared for Jesus and nurtured him in the peace and joy of your home. We entrust our family to you. O St. Joseph, you provided a secure and loving home for Jesus and Mary and gave us a model of fatherhood while showing us the dignity of work. We entrust our family to you. Holy Family, we consecrate ourselves and our family to you. May we be completely united in a love that is lasting, faithful, and open to the gift of new life. Help us to grow in virtue, to forgive one another from our hearts, and to live in peace all our days. Keep us strong in faith, persevering in prayer, diligent in our work, and generous toward those in need. May our home, O Holy Family, truly become a domestic church where we reflect your example in our daily life. Amen. And we'll pray our prayer to St. Michael and also the beautiful ancient prayer to our Blessed Mother, the Subtum Presidium prayer. Uh, Holy Father asks us to pray these prayers every day with the intention of protecting the church from the attacks of the devil. And we also added to that to protect our families from the attacks of the devil and also to protect our country from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Now, I mentioned yesterday for our financial needs here at the Apostolate uh, that uh, we pray a, a novena prayer or a novena of prayers uh, to Mother Angelica, whose fifth anniversary of her passing is the 27th of this month, So, uh, which is nine days from today. So I thought we'd start, and I, there's no, that I could find anyway, specific prayer to Mother. You know, and people say, well, can you pray to Mother? She's not been, you know, declared venerable or servant of God even yet. Um, but you might recall at her passing, when they mentioned it to Holy Father Pope Francis, he said, she's in heaven. So <laughs> it's kind of a, a, a quick uh, unofficial canonization there. But anyway, so I found a prayer that Mother prayed um, for EWTN. So we'll take Mother's words, make them our own, and asking her intercession uh, for us uh, and our financial needs. O God, Lord of heaven and earth, you alone have accomplished all we have done. May this Catholic radio media apostolate, domestic church media, be a tribute to the beauty of your church. May your Son, the eternal Word, be glorified through his great work of your hands. Bless all the programs that we issue forth from these facilities, just as your Word issues forth from you. Lord Father, may that same word touch each heart that listens to this network of stations and media 
Let thy spirit work with freedom through every teacher who proclaims thy truth and thy church. Bestow upon this apostolate the power to inspire men to seek holiness of heart, zeal for the extension of thy church, courage to seek after justice and human rights, and the patience to endure persecution. May thy paternal blessings always rest upon it. Amen. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. St. Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. Mother Angelica, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. So thank you, my friends. And again, we're praying those prayers for the financial needs of domestic church media. We you know, again, uh, just to share with you, and the only reason I do this at this time, my friends, this is really the only regular local program that we offer here. Uh, we have other local programs, of course, but this one is on three days a week, and we do Friday Live, so four days a week we can come to you. And uh, it's important for me to share with you what our needs are. And I won't take up a lot of time today, but just to let you know that we certainly do need um, a spike in donations, because donations have been down uh, by about 50% in January and February, a little bit better this month, uh, but we still need a, a bigger spike uh, in order to start to do some catch-up. We fell short by $46,000 in 2020. As I said, we're down uh, 50% in donations uh, January and February of the beginning of this year. Uh, so we do need you. We need your support. And what better time to make a sacrificial gift than this beautiful season of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, the season of Lent. So please, go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org. You can make an online donation using your debit or credit card. Uh, and all that is very secure, I can assure you. Uh, and it's all encrypted. It's all very, very safe to do it that way. Uh, if you'd prefer, though, you can also write to us here at domesticchurchmedia.org and uh, make your check payable to Domestic Church Media and send it to P.O. Box 7509. That's P.O. Box 7509. And that is in Trenton, 08628. That's P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, New Jersey. Maybe I should start saying New Jersey now because we have a lot of listeners from other parts of, of the country and even the world. Uh, Trenton, New Jersey, 08628. No amount is too small. No amount is too great. We need Catholic media such as this to continually and regularly and boldly and without compromise proclaim the truth, proclaim the gospel, the joy of the gospel of Jesus. Uh, if we don't do it, who will? So we're an honored affiliate of EWTN, the wonderful Global Catholic Network, and I understand today the second uh, part of uh, uh, Cheryl and uh, my appearance on uh, Jim and Joy last year aired today. Uh, and I, I, I thought it was a little strange because yesterday and today, we got requests from people in other parts of the country requesting to be put on our mailing list and even requesting these prayer cards that we're offering for free. So that's great. Um, and uh, maybe some of you are listening or watching right now because you can listen or watch anywhere around the world. You don't need the radio station to do that. You can just uh, tell your home speaker devices, your Amazon Echo or Google Home, 
to play domestic church media, or you can uh, go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash domestic church media. You can watch the program there. We come to you live right now, uh, 4.12 Eastern Time. Uh, also coming to you live video on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash domestic church media. And you become part of our family. And we don't take that lightly. We don't say that lightly. You are family, and we appreciate that. This whole apostolate is founded upon the promotion of marriage and family life, and we need that now more than ever. Uh, You know, uh, Sister Lucia said many years ago that the final battle would be over the family, and we're seeing that. Uh, And, and of course, Holy Father St. Pope John Paul II said that there's a great video somewhere. I remember seeing him shaking his fist, and he's saying the family is being shaken to its roots. And as the family goes, so goes society. So naturally, the enemy wants to try to destroy the family as God intended it to be. First of all, starting with the sacred bond and sacrament of of marriage, you can't redefine marriage. It can't be redefined. The definition of marriage is a union between one man and one woman, open to the transmission of life. That's marriage, indissoluble. And so uh, when the Supreme Court, or the nation, the legislature, whoever tries to redefine that, you can't do it. I don't care what you do. You may, you may think you've done it, but you haven't done it. The definition of marriage is just that, the indissoluble union between one man and one woman open to the transmission of new life. That's it. And we see that uh, attempt to redefine regularly. Uh, Very, very sad. So anyway, we need apostolates such as this. We need media such as this to proclaim that truth and to not be afraid. You know, that's the thing now. We're going to be, I believe, I, I, I believe that we as disciples of Christ in this 21st century, we probably more than most of our predecessors, with the exception of maybe the first century Christians, <laughs> uh, are going to find ourselves under enormous, we already are seeing ourselves under enormous persecution, but it's going to get worse. But we mustn't be afraid. We have to stand up boldly. I know I say it, and I, I'm not kidding when I say this. People may think I'm, I'm joking around. I, you know, it may, one day it may come to the point where in proclaiming the truth that we proclaim here, just as I was just doing, defining what marriage is, the true definition of marriage, which now in many circles is considered uh, hate speech, homophobic speech, all this other stuff. It's not. It's just stating truth. Well, there may come a day in the future, who knows how soon or how long, but uh, there may come a day where just by saying that, they can come through this door. And I say they, I mean the authorities can come through this door right here in the studio and take me away in chains and shackles. (laughs) And I say, take me, take me. If that's that's why you're you're chaining me up and locking me up for stating the truth as, as God defined it, and, and then take me, because I'm not changing that. We can't change that. You can't change truth. We may all be asked to do that at one time or another, to just stand up and not be afraid. And uh, hopefully we can help you along there. Uh, 
to give you the courage to do that. Let's go to um, the free Domestic Church Media mobile app. It's free to anybody who wants to download it. Just go to your app store and search for Domestic Church Media and then download the app. It's free. It's chock full of all kinds of information. Uh, Of course, you can listen and watch all of our programs here. Um, You can listen live. The stream is on there 24-7. We have our local audio uh, podcast and archives here from previous programs. This program, Friday Live, the Bishop's program, Brothers in Arms, Bruce's program, Come to the Throne, the prayer program. You can watch the uh, programs that uh, we put on our YouTube channel. And uh, you can also then, another section of the app, you can look at today's, uh, the day's daily mass readings, the order of the mass. There's a Catholic hymnal on here we put on here last year when they took all the hymnals out of the pews. Uh, saint of the day, you can look up whoever the saint of the day is and, and, and learn about, uh, you know, a brother and sister in the Lord. Mass times, Sunday readings, um, uh, we have morning prayer, evening prayer, night prayer, common prayer, more prayers, a whole list of all kinds of prayers, novenas. And then we also have an examination of conscience, and that's what I want to share with you a little bit right now. And I'm just reminded before I do that, let me make sure I get this thing because I'm going to forget, and I don't want to forget. Uh, I promised Father John I, was, I would mention what's happening in his parish this, uh, uh, this uh, weekend. Here, so I get the right information. Okay, uh, you know I mentioned last week about the third, the fourth week in Lent traditionally has been twenty-four hours for the Lord, uh, but because of the pandemic, uh, I guess they didn't have it last year either. Maybe not. Maybe I forget. But anyway, it didn't happen last week. But Father John Butler at Saint Michael's Church, starting tomorrow, the feast of Saint Joseph. Uh, beginning with the 8 a.m. Mass, they're going to have 24 hours for the Lord. And starting with 8 a.m. Mass tomorrow morning for the Solemnity of St. Joseph and continuing for 24 hours all through the day and night through and including the Saturday morning 8 a.m. Mass, the 24 hours, this is at St. Michael's in Long Branch, the 24 hours will include five Masses, five and a half hours of confessions, so they get if they do the five and a half hours of confessions, they get the cure of ours badge. <laughs> uh, I think we'll tell Father John we'll get him a little cure of ours badge he can wear. Uh, Fifteen hours of Eucharistic adoration, praise God, including through the night for adoration, uh, the Holy Rosary, Stations of the Cross. Uh, of course, they'll have all the social distancing, face masks, etc. Observed. Everybody's welcome. Uh, there's an hour by hour timetable found at the parish's website, and that's. SaintMichaelNJ.com. That's STMichaelNJ.com. ST, abbreviation of Saint, MichaelNJ.com. The whole thing's on there. And that, of course, is at 800 Ocean Avenue in Long Branch, New Jersey. So thanks to Father John Butler and the good people at St. Michael's doing a 24 hours for the Lord uh, starting tomorrow morning, the Solemnity of St. Joseph, 8 a.m. Mass, and continuing for 24 hours uh, all through the day and night, including all-night adoration. So that's beautiful. So thank you, Father, for that. But go to their website, uh, stmichaelnj.com, stmichaelnj.com, so stmichaelnewjersey.com. And uh, the whole schedule is on there for you. So go. Okay, I'm glad I got that in there. I was 
wouldn't want to forget about it, knowing my the way my mind works. Um, but if you go to our free app, and as I said, there is an examination of conscience on there that includes all kinds of wonderful information. Just, you know, if you're preparing uh, for a confession, even before you get to the church, you know, you can spend some time just examining your conscience. But then it's always good to get to the church and give your time just to sit in the presence of our Lord in the tabernacle and open your heart and mind, and you can go through some of this. And, of course, we have on here um, not just the examination of conscience. It's all on a, a, a two-page. It's on the app, but it's two pages. Uh, we list the seven seven capital sins, uh, in case you're not sure what they are, and want to you know kind of enlighten your heart and mind there. Uh, sins against the theolo- theological virtues, um, being accessory to another sin, uh, the seven capital virtues, uh, theological virtues, cardinal virtues, corporal works of mercy, spiritual works of mercy, gifts of the Holy Spirit, fruits of the Holy Spirit. It's all right here just on this one part, one part of our free app. Uh, the Beatitudes... Um, and then it goes into an examination of conscience and a lot of did I's. (laughs) Did I? Did I deny or doubt God's existence? Did I refuse to believe in God's revelation? Uh, Did I believe or use horoscopes, fortune-telling, good luck charms, tarot cards, Ouija boards, or or reincarnation? Did I deny that I was a Catholic? Did I abandon the Catholic faith for any period of time? Did I despair or presume on God's mercy? Did I neglect prayer for a long time? Did I fail to pray daily? Did I blaspheme God or take God's name in vain, curse or break an oath or vow? Did I miss Mass on a Sunday or on a holy day of obligation through my own fault? Of course, now there's a dispensation in place, but uh, did I, am I always reverent in the presence of the Most Blessed Sacrament? Was I attentive at Mass? This is an examination of conscience. You can be waiting to go to confession going down this list. Uh, Did I arrive at Mass late? Did I leave Mass early? Do I do unnecessary servile work on Sunday? Did I disobey or disrespect my parents or legitimate superiors? Did I neglect my duties to my husband, wife, children, or parents? Did I fail to actively take an interest in the uh, religious education and formation of my children? Have I failed to educate myself concerning the teachings of the church? Well, if you're listening to Catholic Radio, you're doing a great job there. You get a star for that one. Uh, Did I give a full day's work in return for a full day's pay? Hmm. Did I give a fair wage to my employees? Did I give scandal by what I said or did, especially to the young? Did I contribute to anyone's abandoning the Catholic faith? Was I impatient, angry, envious, unkind, proud, jealous, revengeful, hateful toward others, or lazy? Did I give bad example, abuse drugs, drink alcohol to excess, fight or quarrel? Did I physically injure or kill anyone? Have I had an abortion or advised or supported an abortion? Did I participate in or approve of the grave a evil known as mercy killing or euthanasia? Did I attempt suicide or physically harm myself? Did I willfully entertain impure thoughts or desires? 
Did I dress immodestly or provocatively? Did I use impure words? Did I tell impure stories or listen to them? Did I deliberately look at impure television, internet plays, pictures, or movies? Did I deliberately read impure material? Have I performed impure acts? Did I marry or advise another to marry outside of the church? Did I abuse my marriage rights? Was I unfaithful to my marriage vows? Have I kept company with someone else's spouse? Did I practice artificial birth control, or was I or my spouse permanently sterilized? Did I steal, cheat, or help encourage others to steal, cheat, or keep stolen goods? Have I made restitution for stolen goods? Did I deliberately fail to fulfill my contracts or pay my bills? Did I give or accept bribes? Did I rashly gamble or speculate or deprive my family of the necessities of life? Did I tell lies deliberately in order to deceive or injure others? Did I commit perjury? Did I vote in accordance with a properly informed conscience in a way consistent with the teaching of the Church in regard to the sanctity of marriage and of human life issues? Was I uncharitable in thought, word, or deed? Did I gossip or reveal the faults or sins of others? Did I fail to keep secrets that I should have kept? Did I eat meat knowingly on the Fridays during Lent or on Ash Wednesday? Now remember, tomorrow is a solemnity. Even though it's Friday, it's a great, great feast day, a solemnity. So, And of course... Officially, Bishop O'Connell here in the Diocese of Trenton granted it, but just by the very nature of the solemnity, I believe, or understand it to mean that you can eat meat tomorrow. But uh, So don't count that as a sin. Uh, did I fail to receive Holy Communion during the Easter season? Did I fail to confess my sins at least once a year? Did I receive Holy Communion in the state of mortal sin? Did I receive Holy Communion without fasting for one hour or more from food or drink? Of course, water and medicines are permitted. Did I make a bad confession by deliberately not telling all the mortal sins I had committed? Did I fail to contribute to the support of the Church? Have I forgiven those who have hurt or harmed me or my loved ones? So those, and of course, when you're examining your conscience— you don't just skip over them, just rattle them off as I just did. You want to spend time really examining when you go down a list like this. This is very convenient, as I said. You know, I went to confession on Saturday, and uh, it was good. I had to stand online for about a half hour. That, that's good news in my mind, even though you get a little like a uh, little antsy. But it's good. I'm glad. I'm glad we had to stand online. That means there were a lot of people going, which is great. But I took out my domestic church media mobile app, and I was, you know, going down this examination of conscience and just really kind of evaluating. Sometimes we don't even think of the the, the sins that we commit initially until we ha- are forced to examine our conscience, examine our lives and where we're failing and where we have fallen, because we all do, because we all are sinful of a sinful nature. So this is all on there. 
And, you know, what a, what a great time to go to confession. Now, I mentioned to you, Father John Butler, if you're over in the Long Branch area, uh, check out their website, stmichaelnj.com, and see their schedule of events. According to the little notice that I shared with you, they're going to have five and a half hours of confessions over there at St. Michael's. So go be part of that. You can spend time in front of the Blessed Sacrament, Holy Mass, go to confession. Boy, you're going to come out smelling like a rose, right? <laughs> Spiritually. You're going to be right there filled with grace, that beautiful sanctifying grace that we receive from the sacraments. Um, but it is important, my friends, that especially this time of year, this, this season, where the Lord calls us back to himself, where, where by so many of the readings that we have at Mass, the Psalms, they all speak to that. Return to the Lord. And of course, the Lord doesn't leave us. We leave him by our sins. When we turn our back on him and walk away from him by our sinful actions. This is the season to come home. This is the season to return to the Lord. And what better way than through the confessional? Great, great start. Just go and don't be afraid. You know, unfortunately, you know, so many people, they're afraid to go or they believe they don't have to tell their sins to a a priest in order to be forgiven. Uh, Jesus instituted this sacrament. He told his apostles and their successors that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Jesus gave bishops and priests this authority to do just that, to hear an in persona Christi, in the person of Christ, who himself, Jesus himself, forgives us of our sins, absolves us of those sins. But the great way to start preparing for that is through this examination of conscience. So download our free mobile app, Domestic Church Media, and this is just one little bit found on this app. So much more, all kinds of prayers, novenas, all kinds of stuff. But the examination of conscience is on there, so check it out. I'll take a break. When I come back, we're going to go to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, continuing our teaching uh, from the Sacrament of Penance section, and today talking about interior penance. So don't go away. I'll be right back. voices are on EWTN Radio. Through EWTN Radio, we talk to audiences all over the world. One thing I've found out is everybody in the whole world has the same set of questions. They live the same human life. They all want meaning. They all want love. They all want significance. That's the most fascinating thing to me. The same answers work wherever you are throughout the world because we're all children of God. Call to communion with Dr. David Anders. Heard right here on Domestic Church Media weekdays at 2. Dr. Simon Greenleaf was a Harvard Law professor. He wanted to debunk Christianity. He thought everything these people believe rests on their claim that Jesus rose from the dead, but that wouldn't even hold up in court. So he started writing about it, and he became a Christian. Why? He eventually concluded, what's going to put someone away in court? An eyewitness. What if you have a bunch of eyewitnesses? 
Jail? <laughs> what if the eyewitnesses are all willing to die for what they saw? Case closed. That's what we have with the rising of Jesus from the dead. Not just people dying for a belief system. These people died for something way more than that. They died for something they saw. Big difference. St. Peter was crucified. He said, I'm not worthy to die like my Lord. Crucify me upside down. St. Bartholomew was skinned alive. It makes no sense to do that for a lie. The resurrection of Jesus, God conquering death, it's the best news in history. And the best part about it is, it's all real. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com on EWTN Radio. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica. So special are you that he had you in his mind before time began. So special are you that he lives inside of you. So special are you he wants you to be like a big beam on top of a mountain. All men to see by. You know what holiness is, huh? Holiness is to struggle day after day, to forgive 70 times 7, to be hurt and say, Lord, forgive my enemy, forgive the person who hurt me, to be able to see yourself and not fall apart. All of that's holiness. This is what the apostles did. I love the apostles. Sometimes you read the lives of the saints, you think they were born holy. You know, you get the idea that from the age three, the Lord just poured all kind of grace on them, and they just grew up, and some of them did. They're few and far between. I like those saints that had a struggle. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Have you downloaded the Domestic Church Media app for all your mobile devices? It's free and enables you to stay in touch with Domestic Church Media and all we have to offer. You can tune into our live broadcast 24-7 as well as listen to our archives and podcasts. And you can even watch our local DCM programs live on our YouTube channel or watch the archive programs all on your phone or tablet. In addition to all things DCM, you'll also have so many other resources right at your fingertips. The free Domestic Church Media mobile app also gives you the daily mass readings, the liturgy of the hours, numerous common prayers and novenas, and daily saints of the day. And that's not all. The Domestic Church Media mobile app also includes the complete catechism of the Catholic Church, the entire Bible, as well as multiple Catholic periodicals and newspapers like the National Catholic Register, Our Sunday Visitor, and so many others. Plus, you'll have access to all our local diocesan newspapers and so much more. Go to your app store today and download the free Domestic Church Media mobile app. We know you'll love it. From Moorestown to Manilokan, Bedminster to Brick, Freehold to Fort Dix, Ringo's to Roosevelt, from Old Bridge to Oceanport, Red Bank to Rocky Hill, proclaiming the joy of the gospel on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Welcome back on this rainy, 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 rainy March 14th. No, it's not. It's March 18th. (laughs) Hope you had a good St. Patrick's Day yesterday, and tomorrow, of course, is the great solemnity of St. Joseph. Probably a lot of good pastries out there tomorrow, right? A lot of good uh, food. Uh, I can't eat the pastries, though. I have to wait till after Lent. Then I'll have a a St. Joseph's pastry. Um, I was going to make them. You know, they make those beautiful, uh, you can make the, uh, it's like a cream puff type of thing. But I decided, no, if I make them, I'll eat them, and I really want to stick to my fast. So, uh, Before we move on to the catechism, I want to remind you again that it started yes, uh, started uh, today. No, started yesterday, March 17th. Um, 
and will run through next Thursday, the Annunciation, March 25th. Uh, but there's an Annunciation Novena during these nine days leading up to the Solemnity of the Annunciation. Uh, each day at noon, uh, you can uh, see it's, uh, it's going to be a short video of prayer and reflection uh, featuring Rachel Hendricks, joined by guests from all around the Diocese of Trenton, uh, praying the Angelus Prayer, and then having a reflection focusing on the many ways that the Annunciation story impacts our lives and how it can deepen our Lenten experience. Um, and this is, if you go to the Diocese of Trenton, let's see, make sure I get the right information here. Uh, each day's novena will appear at 12 noon on the diocese, diocesan social media, especially the Respect Life Ministry Diocese of Trenton and the Diocese of Trenton Family Life Facebook pages, also on the uh, Trenton Respect Life webpage, and that's dioceseoftrenton.org slash respectlifeministry, dioceseoftrenton.org respectlifeministry. Uh, if you go to our website and go to the bulletin board, you can click on uh, today's date or any of these days between the 17th and the 25th, and it's on there for all the information. So it's a great way. You know, again, it's on uh, on uh, social media, uh, but it's a great novena to pray, and you'll hear some nice reflections and um, leading up to next Thursday's great, great feast of the Annunciation, the Incarnation. I know a priest, and he still does it. We've known him for over, over uh, close to 30 years. Uh, in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, and he always sends us Christmas cards on the Feast of the Annunciation because that's when Jesus took on the flesh of man at that moment when Mary gave her fiat. So he always sends us Christmas cards out on the Annunciation. Um, of course, the Annunciation is exactly nine months before Christmas Day. All right, let's do this. Let's go to uh, our catechism. And we're teaching from the section on the Sacrament of Reconciliation. And we'll start at paragraph 1430, Interior Penance. Interior Penance. Our catechism says, Jesus' call to conversion and penance, like that of the prophets before him, does not aim first at outward works, sack of cloth and ashes, fasting and mortification, but at the conversion of the heart, interior conversion. Without this, such penances remain sterile and false. However, interior conversion urges expression in visible signs, gestures, and works of penance. You know, we, we think about the current state of our world. Of course, we know every January, so many hundreds of thousands of faithful go to Washington to march for life around the uh, anniversary of that day when the Supreme Court legalized abortion in this country. Uh, we know that people will um, protest uh, outside abortion clinics, which is all, and this is all very, very good, obviously. But we also need to pray for the conversion of the heart of these individuals. You know, making a, a, a visible... Uh, statement in, in protest or peaceful protesting, peaceful marches as the March for Life is and as the prayer vigils outside of abortion clinics are. 
you want to pray for conversion of heart of all the people, and there are so many, some who don't even know any better. You know, we have a couple of generations now, really, that have been raised on or in a society of, of legal abortion, euthanasia, where it's just part of their norm, and they don't know. You would think that a just out of a sense of, of decent human understanding that the taking of the life of an unborn child is not right. But you see, that's why they had to redefine what an unborn child is and, and refer to the unborn child as a fetus or a clump of cells or giving it a non-human um, characteristic so people wouldn't put two and two together. It sounds simple, but it, it's true. But we need a conversion of heart in so many areas of society from so many people who are just going down errant paths and leading the masses and taking them with them. Um, but it starts with us, you know. It starts with us, as, as this particular paragraph in our Catechism says, that our Lord's call to conversion of penance doesn't aim first at works, outward works, but at the conversion of heart. This is the interior conversion. That's where it has to start. So even if we are, as individuals, doing the best we can or striving for this personal sanctification, this, this universal call to holiness to which we are all called, it has to start interiorly. Doing things that make us appear holy or seem holy, are, they're, that's fine, but we have to have that interior conversion first or these uh, works remain, as the Catechism says, sterile and false. Interior conversion urges expression in visible signs, gestures, and works of penance. So that's what brings that on. Paragraph 1431 says interior uh, repentance is a radical reorientation of our whole life, a return, a conversion to God with all our heart, an end of sin, a turning away from evil, with repugnance toward the evil actions we have committed. At the same time, it entails the desire, the re, uh, sorry, it entails the desire and resolution to change one's life, with hope in God's mercy and trust in the help of His grace. The conversion of heart is accompanied by a salutary pain and sadness, which the fathers call animi cruciatus, affliction of the spirit, and repentance of heart. You know, I've mentioned to you. We have, and we talked about it on on Monday when Bruce was here. You know, we have many listeners to domestic church media, Catholic radio, who are in prison. We have prisoners who listen to these stations, and these are mostly men. In fact, I don't think we've ever received a correspondence from a, from a, from a woman, but just from men, and we've received correspondences from them. And they tell us how much this apostolate means to them. They're behind prison walls for having committed crimes, some very heinous crimes. But in their imprisonment, 
they've allowed the Holy Spirit to work on their hearts, and this interior conversion has taken place, and they're continually learning and listening and growing in the faith, even though they're behind prison walls. They are doing the best they can to live a virtuous life now. You know, we've all done bad things. <laughs> we've, as this paragraph in the Catechism says, that this interior re uh, uh, repentance, this uh, radical reorientation of our whole life, a return and a conversion to God with our whole heart, an end of sin, a turning away from evil, that creates this repugnance toward the evil actions that we've committed. Think about that. I think about my life. Believe it or not, I've not led a perfect life. <laughs> I've made many, many mistakes, done some bad things in, in my life. Uh, you know, I, I, I say, if, if people who knew me 40 years ago, 40 years ago I was 26 years old. People who knew me when I was 26 and the things I did and the way I acted and the way I behaved and the way I talked at 26 is a lot different than my life today. And that's that's by God's grace. <laughs> I guess probably all of us could say in our spiritual growth, in our lifelong journey of conversion, an interior penance, an interior conversion, conversion of heart. We grow. We keep growing. And I have a, I have a long way to go. I, I, you know, I obviously still a lot of things I need to correct around here in my own life. But in the 40 years since I was 26 years old, there's been a lot of changes. And a lot of things help you to change, you know, marriage, Family, children. You know, I remember when when uh, Cheryl and I we first got married <clears throat> for the f first three years, um, <clears throat> we did a lot of uh, you know it was just the two of us, and we were living out in Arizona, and but on weekends we'd kind of take little jaunts to different parts of the Southwest, and uh, you know it's kind of a, a, a happy-go-lucky lifestyle, and just living like that, and. But when our first baby was born, all of a sudden you you you, you kind of you realize, okay, wait a minute, now I'm res we're responsible for another person, someone who's completely dependent on us. So you change things in your life to to make it make your life congruent with your new role and responsibility as a parent. You change when you get married. All of a sudden, it's not just you anymore. There's another person in your life. That has to be considered in all, in all things that you say and do and how you live. That's part of the conversion, hopefully. In some cases, it's not, you know, sadly, and even parenting isn't, doesn't change people. But if you, if you are solid in your, your faith, and a lot of times, and you know, I'm sure many of you know, that even when you do have children, Sometimes for people, it's the children who bring the parents back to church. All of a sudden, the parents realize, and I have to give this child some type of 
belief system here. Some I, I was raised Catholic and I haven't been to church in a long time. But maybe I should start reinvestigating and 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 turn our lives around and 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 like when I was growing up, you know, I want my kids to have the same thing. So that's all part of the conversion. All part of this interior repentance. And as you go through life, and especially when you get to be a senior citizen, and you start, as Father Groeschel used to so say so beautifully, you know, you start to see the uh, the lights at the end of the exit ramp. <laughs> you know, you're on your way. You know, and I got my Medicare card last year. I said to Cheryl, I said, "This is kind of like getting a boarding pass for the flight out of here. <laughs> you're not on the plane yet, but you have your pass. You know, you're going." And all of a sudden, you realize, okay, I better straighten some things out here. I've been coasting along too long. I got to start making an account. This is why an examination of conscience is such a good thing on a daily basis because it helps you in that move in that direction. Now, in paragraph fourteen thirty-two, our catechism says the human heart is heavy and hardened. God must give man a new heart. Conversion is, first of all, a work of the grace of God who makes our hearts return to him. God gives us the strength to begin anew. It is in discovering the greatness of God's love that our heart is shaken by the horror and weight of sin and begins to fear offending God by sin and being separated from him. The human heart is converted by looking upon him whom our sins have pierced. So, you know, we talk about fear of the Lord as one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And, of course, fear of the Lord doesn't mean we're afraid of God. We have to, you know, hide and cower in his sight. Fear of the Lord is a fear of offending God, a fear of hurting and offending him by our sin and becoming separated from him because of that. That's what true fear of the Lord is. And we discover the greatness of God's love, as the Catechism says. God gives us the strength to begin anew. Every time you walk into the confessional, even before you walk into the confessional, the desire to go, the grace that we receive from God, the prompting of the Holy Spirit pushing us in that direction to go to confession. and make a good confession, and, again, being given by God's grace the strength to start anew. You walk out of the confessional, you should be walking on air. You've just been absolved from your sins and freed from the bonds of those sins. That's the beauty of the sacrament, that beautiful uh, sanctifying grace that we receive Remember the old the old catechism books that we had when we were kids? I remember there was a picture, maybe when I was preparing for my own first confession. I made my first Holy Communion when I was in first grade, so my first confession was made then too. I was, you know, how old was I? Probably seven years old. And I remember there was a picture in our catechism book when I was studying of a confessional, and you saw the priest on one side, obviously, sitting there, with his stole and the screen, and then the little child kneeling down with his hands folded, obviously confessing, making confession. 
and you saw this ray of light coming down on him. I still, I still see the picture in my mind. You know, the ray of light coming down, and Sister was explaining to us, that's the sanctifying grace that God is sending down to you. It was a beautiful image. You know, I'm sure that, uh, I don't know, they still have those types of images. It was very old-fashioned looking um, by today's standards, I suppose. But it, I still have it in my mind that, that this, there, there was this beautiful, you know, the priest was there with a very calm expression on his face, and the little boy was kneeling in the, with his hands folded on the, on the other side of the screen, but there was this beautiful ray of light coming down on him. And I remember Sister explaining that was sanctifying grace. That's what we receive when we receive the sacraments. And a great visual, but we may not see a ray of light, but we certainly know we're receiving that grace. And that's the beauty of the sacrament. And then in paragraph 1433, it says, Since Easter, the Holy Spirit has proved the world wrong about sin. For example, proved that the world has not believed in him whom the Father has sent, but this same Spirit who brings sin to light is also the consoler who gives the human heart grace for repentance and conversion. So the Holy Spirit will enlighten us. That's why when you make that examination of conscience, Say a little prayer to the Holy Spirit to enlighten your conscience, enlighten your heart and mind as you go through the examination. And it's the Spirit then will bring to light in us the sins we've committed, but then also as the consoler, the great consoler, will give our heart the grace for repentance and conversion, the desire even then to, when we go and we make our good, make a good confession to be able to experience that uh, beautiful healing grace through the absolution that Father gives us. It's a matter of us, again, you know, getting rid of any pride we may have preventing us from doing that, admitting our faults. That's tough for people sometimes to actually admit that we did something wrong. But that's where the examination will help us along the way. But also, again, praying to the Holy Spirit as the light is cast on our sin so that we see it more clearly. And we can see, oh, yeah, I should not have done that. That was wrong. That's why when you go to the examination of conscience on our free mobile app, take your time going through them and think about were there times that maybe I used the Lord's name in vain. Were there times when I was unkind, uncharitable? Were there times when I gossiped uh, or, or uh, committed the sin of detraction, telling someone else someone else's sins? Uh, these things that that uh, you know we may not think about all the time, but the examination of conscience through the grace of the Holy Spirit, through the light of the Holy Spirit, casting light on our sins, making them more visible to us so we understand better, oh yes, I need to change this. I need to stop doing that. And I need to confess it. And even by going to frequent confession, I mean, you don't have to go every day. I've heard people say a good a good. Uh, amount of time between confessions is probably, you know, two to three weeks to a month, maybe. 
Unless, of course, you, you're aware of being in the state of mortal sin, then get there as soon as you can. <laughs> Don't wait. But to keep going, not only do you get into this wonderful uh, habit of going, but you receive, every time you, you go, you receive the, the gift of this uh, sanctifying grace. As I said and have said in the past, it's, it's kind of like building up your immune system to sin. Because, first of all, the Holy Spirit casts light on our sins, and so we are now more aware of what to avoid near occasion of sin, situations that make us more vulnerable to sin, perhaps. But the Holy Spirit casts that beautiful light on our sins, and we see, and because of our understanding and frequent confession and reception of sanctifying grace, we're strengthened more to be able to fight the temptation, to to uh, avoid the occasion of sin, to avoid the sin itself. It works because it's real. So when you hear people say they only go to confession once a year, as the church requires once a year, um, which is fine, but we know we probably have to go more than that. And not only do we have to go, but when we do go, we receive the power of that grace to continue our conversion of heart and mind and helping us along the way. All right, I got to go. Now, tomorrow, oh, it's uh, the Feast of St. Joe, the Great Solemnity. So uh, Cheryl and I will not be here for Friday Live. We decided tomorrow, uh, because Cheryl has another big event she has to go to tomorrow evening, so we, we said, let's just take the, the Friday off and instead, we're going to give it to St. Joseph, and we're going to have some great St. Joseph programming for you tomorrow between 4 and 6. So do tune in tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Uh, Father Calloway, a great teaching on St. Joseph and other things. So uh, I'll be back on Tuesday, God willing. Have a great day. My name is Jim Anthony. God bless you. God love you. <laughs>